heard it before, it's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hyden, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences with expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. Check out more details at keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. If you want to connect with me, Definitely, let's do that on LinkedIn. I love connecting and meeting the listeners of the show. All right, speaking of the show, let's get into it. This week's guest is Gina Stracuzzi. She is a leader in the women in sales movement. Gina's career is sales started very early in life when she would pitch her parents on important issues like her version of how grandma's vase ended up on the floor in a million pieces. I love that. <laughs> she would routinely beat out her competition AKA her six siblings for best storytelling in a dramatic role. Throughout her 20 plus years in sales and marketing in the US, Europe and emerging economies, Gina has continued to employ those same storytelling skills in selling and other persuasive arguments. Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lori. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have I'm you. Sales. <laughs> <laughs> sales, marketing, all the fun things. And I love your bio. There's so much energy to that. It just pulls me in right away. Like, this is going to be a great conversation. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, so talking about just women in general, what are some of the things that you think are holding women from getting into leader leadership positions? Well, it's not for lack of trying and it's not even for lack of perceived opportunities on the parts of the companies. Uh, many well-meaning corporations want to bring women up through leadership and really give them opportunities. What they, they are kind of a little unaware of is that there's still environmental issues, cultural issues within companies that don't really um, promote this, this same kind of allegiance to opportunities. For instance, there's like this disconnect. Companies will tell me that they, they want to elevate women into leadership, but the women just don't speak up in meetings. They don't share their ideas. So it's hard to get I, you know, sponsorship opportunities for them to give them big uh, promotions and things. Whereas the women will tell you that they don't feel heard or seen, or they try mm. to speak up in meetings and they, they try to share their ideas and they either get blank stares and then Bob will say the same thing five minutes ago. And they're like, oh yeah, way to go, Bob. I'm always picking on Bob. You just need to know that <laughs> he's my go-to, go-to fall guy. Love it. Um, I, my apologies to all the Bobs listening. And it's it's just these kind of underlying cultural anomalies. I would hope that 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 happen, and 
they keep women from actually feeling like they are heard and seen. And, and it's, it's really a problem because it stops them from asking for what they want, asking for the positions they want, uh, or letting, letting their employers know that they want those positions. Whereas a, a, a guy will say, I am going after that VP role. And he will make it known to everybody that he wants it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's where the disconnect is. Companies feel like they're giving opportunities to women and they're not taking them. But women don't feel the same way. They don't feel that they are given the same uh, visibility and the same opportunities to share ideas. And so that's, that's really holding women back. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you know what the emphasis was on the word feel, I feel like that, you know, this Mm. is women are very much emotion driven and and men are just more tactics and they remove the emotion out of their actions. And so that's really interesting that that was the word that you chose to describe the scenario. Well, and you know, it's, it's a bit of both to be honest, Lori. Uh Um, And that's one of the things that, that, we talk about a lot in the women in sales leadership forum that I run Mm -hmm. is, are you really faced with these barriers? And they often are, but they talk about it in terms of how they feel. And that is one of the things that we, we like to talk about. So forget how you feel, what, where is, what is really happening? And the truth is, these things really are happening, but women will talk about them in terms of how they feel about it. And so I think that's where the disconnect comes because there is still this willingness to ignore what a woman is saying because she will talk in terms of how she feels versus when I was in that meeting the other day, Bob cut me off and you didn't stop them. Women aren't likely to say those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yep. it's, yep. that's where we hold ourselves back. Yeah. And, yep. but with the, without the right environment to openly say, look, this isn't how I feel. This is what really happened. And, and women don't often imagine, or I I keep using the words that are very, very feminine in description, but it's, they don't see the opening to have those kind of frank conversations. So let's talk about actions that can be taken instead of focusing on the emotion. How can women help themselves achieve their career goals? Well, there's a lot of things. And, you know, if this is, this is where it sounds easy, right? So <laughs> if you're not getting heard in meetings, just speak up more. Well, if you don't perceive that there is, is support for your ideas, or if you have tried to speak up in meetings and you're shot down or ignored or just kind of like dismissed almost, which I have heard from many women's women, excuse me, then it's it's harder to 
go ahead and just speak up. So that's where mentors, coaches, sponsors, and we can talk a little bit about the difference between mentors and sponsors, but where these things come in, because you can't, once you get a, someone who you can be as your sounding board and you can talk through how you can handle this. And also women can help women. If you see something happening in a meeting, if you see that Bob said something that Mary just said a few minutes ago and Bob's getting the attaboys, say, wow, Bob, that was great. And, you know, Mary was just talking about that five minutes ago. Have your sisters back. Mm -hmm. Do these things that, that really can help both you and her get heard better because it puts people on call that you, you were aware of what just happened and you're not going to just sit there. So that takes, that takes getting used to, it takes practice. It's not something that comes all the time, but I would really say one of the biggest ways that women can help themselves is get a mentor and be honest about what it is you want to achieve, what your career goals are, where your aspirations lie. Do you want to, do you want to go after a leadership position? And if so, how might you do it? How might you get around these things that you see as holding you back? Yeah, those are all great pieces of advice. And I, I love that defining really what it is that you want to achieve. Um, I say this numerous times, but I'm a big fan of the seven habits of highly effective people. And really my favorite habit is starting with the end in mind. So if you really clearly lay out what it is that you want to do, but tell the world like the men are doing saying, I want this position and, and find those who are going to help elevate you to get there. I think that's a great, great approach to take. Thanks. For absolutely. Absolutely. Put it out there as hard as it may be. And as much pushback as you feel or know that you might get, take the feel out of it. Even if you know you're going to get pushback, do it anyway. And that's where, where a mentor can really help you. And mentors don't have to be within the company. If you, if you feel or you know that you are not going to get support within your company, then go outside your company. I, I would challenge you to, to really question if you're working in the right place anyway, if you mm -hmm. don't think you're going to get any support. But that's another conversation altogether. <laughs> If you feel more comfortable talking with people outside of your company, find a mentor through professional networking, professional organizations that can help you because they, once you put it out there in the air and really start talking it through, one, you're going to get charged up. Mm -hmm. Two, you're going to get ideas about it. And, you know, at the risk of, throwing some woo in there. I'm kind of a big believer. If you, if you want something, put it out in the universe totally. and the universe will help you. So Absolutely. Uh, that, that would be my biggest piece of advice. So, so let's switch the, the conversation a little bit. How can employers help women on their team? Well, and that's, that is a really good question. And that is one of the places that I try to 
coach employers a little bit. Be aware of these things. It's not enough to say that women aren't speaking up. Why aren't they speaking up? What's actually happening in those meetings? If you stop and, and look around and really start to appreciate the dynamics that are happening, if, if women are getting elbowed out of the conversation or one person is always dominating, you are the person to put, put a stop to that. And so, you know, that's kind of a trickle down thing. If you're, if you're the CEO of a company and you aren't meeting your equity and inclusion goals, then you need to start having meetings with your managers and your, and your directors. What's, what's going on? Why aren't we recruiting more people, more women? Why, what's happening in meetings? And if you're the person running those meetings, make sure you give women not just a moment where you suddenly say, Barb, what do you think? Because if the environment has never really been supportive or open to just turn the spotlight might leave them frozen in their tracks. So really, I would say, think about what, what's going on in your office, in your meetings, and make sure that there is an open and inviting opportunity to speak and that the follow-on isn't just kind of, are you done? Is that it? Okay, so Bob, what do you think about this? That, that, doesn't, that doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. So really work on those things. And then one of the things that I, I preach all the time is make sure that they have professional development opportunities yeah. because that is such a crucial piece of one, letting them know that you actually are behind their career development. It's a, it's a vote of confidence. It will buy you some allegiance too and it will help strengthen your succession plan. So that is those things, doing those few things, which is just a little bit of time and a little bit of money, a little bit of investment can make a world of difference. I agree a hundred percent. I'm a huge fan of the professional development opportunities and it's just not just for women, but everyone on your team um, Absolutely. Need to really Absolutely. show that you are genuinely interested in your team's growth and, and knowledge. And um, as a, as a owner leader of my organization, I very much believe, you know, we're only as strong as our weakest link. So I'm a huge advocate for education and professional development amongst all my team members. Absolutely. And if you don't have a mentor ship program in place, put one in place Mm -hmm. because that is going to strengthen your leadership pool. It is going to make people feel more connected and reassured that there is continuity and, and interest in their growth. And that goes for men too. So a lot of times men and women get brought into a position and it's not really clear what's next or what it's leading to. Mm -hmm. It's just a position. Well, that, as you say, that's going to kind of weaken 
your your strength of your employee strength, your your team strength, because if they don't see how they're connected to the to growth, it's they're just doing a job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that doesn't really benefit the company. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent with that. Um, so important in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, well, this is a quick, uh, great time to have a quick little break. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. Gina, your expertise and background is in sales and marketing. And one of those elements that is vital to this space is networking. And that's really something that I am passionate about having conversations around because when I, um, when I was teaching at the local university and just finding, you know, I'd say greener team members um, being added to my, my organization, I found that networking was an area that there was a lot of fear and reservations mm-hmm. to get involved in. So I just wanted to alleviate that. Um, so let's do that. Can you share with our, my listeners um, one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had? Well, I will say, honestly, and like everybody else, I so miss being in person. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's unfortunate that you are not in the D.C. area, but one of my favorite networking events, programs, whatever, is, is the Institute for Excellence in Sales. Mm-hmm. They have, well, had and will have again, monthly programs. And and the great thing is the networking is awesome. You meet other salespeople in this instance. And they're, but they're from all kinds of companies, tech companies and um, government contracting companies and, and just really interesting people. And then you get also treated to a phenomenal speaker who presents on the art and science of selling. And it is, I have met some of the most wonderful people through that program. And now, of course, we're expanding who we network with because of COVID. We're, you know, in this virtual world and it's really opened up a lot of things because I think we are, one, we are really leaning on uh, platforms like LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And through LinkedIn, I have done some exceptional networking. Mm -hmm. And I probably would not have given it that much time if we weren't in this situation. But I have found great organizations and networking opportunities in that way. And I have people reaching out to me all the time too. Mm-hmm. And there, there's just so many ways to network these days that are a heck of a lot less frightening than walking up to somebody at an in-person networking event, which I know when, especially when you're 
new, you know, straight out of college or new to a, a new industry or something, networking can be, can be scary mm-hmm. because you're, you have to go up and make small talk and do all those things that maybe don't come easily to you. So it's, it's a different, it's a brave new world when it comes to networking, if you haven't tried it before, but it is such a crucial piece of your career growth. Career growth and, and in sales. Oh my gosh. Yes. In sales for sure. For sure. And a, 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 social selling, um, the queen of social selling, uh, gave, um, Bryn gave me some advice the other day mm-hmm. and she, or well, not me, she, on, uh, on LinkedIn, she, Bryn Tillman, she put the best way to network is to look at all the people in your network and the companies that they serve that you want to also serve and then look at who are they're connected to too and start reaching out to them because these are the these are the people that you want to sell to mm-hmm. and you want to have in your business portfolio so reaching out to the people that are already reaching the kind of customers you want that's that's brilliant advice. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great strategy. Yeah. And so much easier than it it used to be. I mean, it, it, what, 10 years ago, we didn't have LinkedIn. So networking is probably easier than it's ever been, Mm -hmm. but you have to do it. You have to do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, just as we've all talked about, you don't just connect with somebody and then try to start selling to them. No, absolutely. Networking is about relationship building, mm-hmm. as you know, and you you're so you're so good at it. Oh, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. And so, really, I think networking is it's kind of like the mentor piece too. And networking can lead to some really great mentors as well as clients. So, I really would advise that anybody that's listening really think about who it is that you want to be doing business with and then find the people that are doing business with those companies and network with them. Absolutely. It's not that you're going to steal clients, but you can learn a lot. Well, and there's ways to collaborate. You know, you're not competitors, but you're going, you're targeting similar audiences and be strategic partners. Yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in, in aligning yourself with people that can strengthen and you can strengthen them, maybe your offerings or how you offer things, or you can offer to make connections for them to this person that, that you're learning from and networking with. So it can be a symbiotic relationship. It doesn't have to be competitive, as you say. Yep, Absolutely. So how do you best stay in front of and nurture your network? Well, and, and, you know, this is an interesting question, Lori, because content is king, as they say, Mm -hmm. and people put so much time and energy into their content now. Yep. And I 
I have to wonder sometimes if the return on investment is actually there in terms of how much time it takes. Now, if you have a whole team making content, then it might be. I like to do a lot of commenting on what interests them. I will do content too, but I feel, at least for myself, that the thing that works the best for me and staying in front of people that I want to do business with and that I admire is to really engage in a conversation over the content that matters to them. So I will put my, my own content out there, but I make sure that they, their content is seen and heard and shared and liked and that we have an engaging conversation around things that really are of interest to them. So this is interesting because this is obviously my area of expertise is, is the content strategy space. Um, and I think it's really important to have, to have conversations around the content that is important to them. But if you're looking to attract the right type of person to be doing business with you, it is oh. on your shoulders to put the right type of content out there that's going to draw them in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I took the question to say, how am I? Sure. Um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So No, that's fine. Um, and, and you're absolutely right, Lori, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's why uh, Fred and I put out everything that's sales related and really ways to think about selling in different fashions and where, what's your mindset and how are you prospecting in these difficult times and what could you be doing differently? And so with my own webcast slash podcast, I do that. I bring in thought leaders, women who are in the struggle, who are finding ways to rise to the top because that's, that's my audience mm-hmm. who these are women in sales. So who can I engage with that is going to help the women in sales community? And you're absolutely right. You, you have to do content that is germane to the audience that you want to engage and sell to. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I are on the same page. And- totally. Absolutely. And you and Fred both put amazing content out there. Well, thank you. And you and you as well. And it's because we are providing a service mm-hmm. to people that we want to do business with. Absolutely. One thing that that really one huge piece of advice that I'll, I really wish people would take from not just me, because I'm far from the only person saying this. Do not try to sell to somebody the second you connect with them. Amen. Preach that. (laughs) You know, it's, yeah, it's just rude and it, it, it's disingenuous and um, it's falling on deaf ears. Oh yeah. I am. I'm so done with that. And I, hopefully people are, I, I can't imagine they have a positive conversion rate at all when anyone's doing that. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm sure Bryn can uh, give us some some uh, numbers on that. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Um, <laughs> Gina, what advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? I, uh, well, again, I would use that, that in this virtual time, I would use the advice that I quoted from Bryn of seeing who's doing business with the companies you want to do business with and connect with them and then connect with those companies and businesses. It's, it's a multi-step process. Mm-hmm. And, and then look for organ, or associations and organizations that are in the field of business that you are selling to. And make sure you join them and get in those conversations. Uh, when we can do things back in person, go to those events, muster up the courage to speak to people after you do it a few hundred times, you know, it's, it's easy, mm-hmm. uh, but really professional organizations, not just in your, your particular line of business, but in adjacent ones, that's really think, think a little broadly and then find those organizations and get involved and build your network with a wider base and try not to, you know, try not to be too narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I find that oftentimes there's more value in the relationships that are totally obscure from where my target ideal customer is. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask for introductions mm-hmm. as long as you promise not to try to sell immediately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't, spit on um, somebody's efforts to try to help you by mm-hmm. <laughs> doing that. Do you know, here's a fun one for you. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh, Lori, that it, it's interesting that you asked that because as you know, I, I run the uh, women in sales leadership forum and yep. I bring in all these amazing women to talk to all the amazing women that go through it. And they talk about mentors and sponsors and programs. And, and I think to myself, one, I wish that there was more of this for women when I started my professional career, which there wasn't. Mm-hmm. But two, I have always been a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. I get off on new and exciting and I Mm -hmm. like to do things that are super challenging. And so I, you know, and I get bored kind of easily. It's gotten a little better as I've gotten older, but I, I would get bored with the situation or I would get frustrated for many of the reasons that we talked about earlier of how I was treated or how all, all women were treated in, in a company. And so I would leave rather than kind of figuring out a way to, to fight the fight. Mm, okay. And I realize now that there were some really great opportunities that I walked away from. So the, I would not walk away from those. Interesting. And, and I, that, that'll be kind of my last piece of advice is if you have a job you love, but you're not crazy about the company, really find that, find that mentor and figure out if there's things that you could be doing differently or how you can ask for what you need, what you want and what you deserve. 
instead of getting fed up and walking away. So that would be my advice. And that is the thing I wish I could change. (laughs) I love that. Not only the emphasis on the mentorship, but you're almost paving the way then for future individuals that, you know, would be coming up behind you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Help, help every, help others. A hundred percent give first, right? That is definitely one of my core principles in life. (laughs) Good for you. Thank you. you. Um, So Gina, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Now, who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Wow. Um, That is, that is, um, oh, Brene Brown, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 I'd like Definitely to have, gets you thinking, doesn't she? Yeah. I'd like to have a, a nice stiff drink with her and just <laughs> sit and, and really talk. I would love that. <laughs> She's because got a great I, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I would love to bring some, I would love to ask some very personal questions so that I can bring that knowledge directly into the forum and help more women. So how would you start that journey? You connect wow. with her. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Lori. Sorry. Um, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, okay. I would, I, I would first go through my LinkedIn list uh-huh. and see, and I'm connected with some, some people that I think could get to her. Cool. Yeah. So way less than six degrees, probably. Uh, it might be four, but sure. in maybe even five, but I could do it, I think. So when are you going to start that journey? Oh, man, you are, what are you, my coach? <laughs> <laughs> I just had this conversation with her last night. So oh, that's great. You have me this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was texting me before this. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? Lori, now you've got me, you've got me, um, you've piqued my interest. I am going to start on that journey today. Awesome. And I will, uh, let's check back in in a week. Oh, wow. Cool. Love it. Love it. I'm excited for you to, to report back on that. <laughs> <laughs> it All right. Be, you know, I could go down in a blaze of glory, but <laughs> at least I'll try. So now that I gave you some burning questions, I'm, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something that you'd like to ask me, Gina? Um, what is what is the best and easiest way to produce content on a a regular basis if you're if you're doing it mainly by yourself or you want your own content within a, you know, a larger mechanism? Sure. Um, that's a great question. And my, I have the, I guess a two-part answer here. So first and foremost, um, as we talked about a little bit, you should always be producing content that's providing value to your, the ideal customer. So that's attracting them. And you want to make sure that you're creating content that is as evergreen as possible, meaning it has a very long shelf life. It was relevant three years ago. It's relevant today. It's going to be relevant three years in the future. 
Um, so that doesn't mean, you know, I'm, I'm launching a new product or promoting an event that's coming up. That's, that's considered, you know, very short term time sensitive content. So produce mm -hmm. as much evergreen content as possible. And then the philosophy that I really try to emphasize with my own practice, my team, and, and even the clients that we serve, I call it the reduce, reuse, and recycle approach. So basically you're, um, you first start with reusing as much content as possible. So um, you don't need to just post something once and then feel that you have to, you don't have to create something new every single time that you publish something. So that's, you know, reusing it and recycling it is really a repurposing it. So um, for example, this podcast episode, 30 minutes of juicy, amazing content, it's going to be transcribed, which is then we'll act and function like a blog on my website. We're going to pull snippets of it out to create social media posts. So then this one piece of, of content actually turns into about, you know, 30 different pieces of content that I'm going to be sharing because it's going to be email content. It's on my website. It's going to get blasted all over social media. And because it's evergreen content, none of it is time sensitive information we're talking about. I can share it over and over and over again. And there's tools that have evergreen cues. So you definitely want to continue to produce new stuff, but there's nothing wrong with pushing out old content because it's likely new eyes that are going to see it. Wow. That's great. That's great. So do you work with mostly small or medium-sized businesses? Yeah. Small, medium-sized businesses, um, very heavy in the B2B space. And yeah, we, cool. we've, we've been um, actually working our way into the this uh, semi-professional sports space as well. Um, but yeah, love it. I love what we do. <laughs> that is so exciting. I, I always get jazzed talking to people who love what they're doing. A hundred percent. I mean, you can just hear it in their voice, right? <laughs> yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Well, and that was that's why I, I love talking about sales and, and mostly the forum and because I, I really want to give back and I want to elevate as many women as I can. I'm on a, on a mission. That's awesome. I love it. I love that mission that you have. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. So that's a super fun question. Any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Think about way, just really think about ways to help support other women. What can you be doing? What do they need? And make sure you never let something get said or done and wish you had said or done something about it because it's those little micro, I, they're not always aggressions, micro situations mm -hmm. that kind of build and they take the, the wind out of people's sails. And so just don't let them happen. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you have somebody's back Absolutely. all the time and then someone will have yours. That I, I love that. I think it's really important to, to not so much put the emphasis on you, but how can you help others as well? And, and right. that's where you're really going to build some, you're going to build trust first off, but you're, you'll, you're going to grow your network that way too. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So Gina, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn. It's Gina Stracuzzi. You can also find me through uh, the Institute for Excellence in Sales website. 
And uh, my email is G Stracuzzi, but everybody doesn't know what to, how to spell that, but it's G S T R A C U Z Z I at I four E S B D dot org. Isn't that a mouthful, Lori? It sure is. We will include all that information <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Lori. This was a lot of fun. And um, I hope we help a bunch of women. Oh, totally. We will, without a doubt. All right. <laughs> this, all right. Take care. Absolutely. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Gina for taking the time to connect with us. Thank you. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.